Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Friday of the 32nd week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, Graciously keep from us all adversity, so that, unhindered in mind and body alike, we may pursue in freedom of heart the things that are yours. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the second letter of St. John. It has given me great joy to find that your children have been living the life of truth as they were commanded by the Father. I am writing now, dear lady, not to give you any new commandment, but the one which we were given at the beginning, and to plead, let us love one another. To love is to live according to his commandments. This is the commandment which you have heard since the beginning, to live a life of love. There are many deceivers about in the world, Refusing to admit that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. They are the deceiver. They are the antichrist. Watch yourselves, or all our work will be lost and not get the reward it deserves. If anybody does not keep within the teachings of Christ, but goes beyond it, he cannot have God with him. Only those who keep to what he taught can have the Father and the Son with them. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Happy are they who follow the law of the Lord. Happy are they who follow the law of the Lord. They are happy whose life is blameless, who follow God's law. They are happy who do his will, seeking him with all their hearts. Happy are they who follow the law of the Lord. I have sought you with all my heart. Let me not stray from your commands. I treasure your promise in my heart lest I sin against you. Happy are they who follow the law of the Lord. Bless your servant and I shall live, and obey your word. Open my eyes that I may see the wonders of your law. Happy are they who follow the law of the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Lift up your heads and see, your redemption is near at hand. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. 
Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, As it was in Noah's day, so it will also be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating and drinking, marrying wives and husbands, right up to the day Noah went into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. It will be the same as it was in Lot's day. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But the day Lot Lot left Sodom, God rained fire and brimstone from heaven, and it destroyed them all. It will be the same when the day comes for the Son of Man to be revealed. When that day comes, anyone on the housetop with his possessions in the house must not come down to collect them, nor must anyone in the fields turn back either. Remember Lot's wife. Anyone who tries to preserve his life will lose it, and anyone who loses it will keep it safe. I tell you, on that night, two will be in one bed, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding corn together, one will be taken, the other left. The disciples interrupted. Where, Lord? they asked. He said, Where the body is, there too will the vultures gather. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We may notice as we lurch towards the end of the liturgical year that things start to get a little bit more apocalyptic. Our readings start to focus a little bit more on the end times. Um, We start to hear about the future and about times of tribulation. Uh, And, I mean, let's face it, it's, it's fairly challenging stuff. Today we hear that the days of the Son of Man will be like Noah's day. It'll be like the day of Sodom and Gomorrah. And even as it was with Lot's wife, who, even managing to escape Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. Now, the Lord Jesus is clearly pointing us towards the future. Um, This is how it will be in the days of the Son of Man, right? But he's using the past in order to describe what that future will be like. And so he pulls out Noah, he pulls out Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. But here's the thing, all of that is in order to describe how to live today. That's kind of the funny dynamic that's going on in the gospel which we have. Jesus is looking towards the future, the coming of the Son of Man, and he's saying it will be like what it was in the past, and therefore this is how you must live now. Because when you stop and think about it, whatever's in the future, there's not much we can do about it. We don't live there. We don't possess it. And whatever's in the past, we can learn from it, but we certainly can't change it. And so Jesus, he uses both of these, the past in order to describe the future, but it's in favour of the present, the way that we live now. What has happened helps us to understand what is to come, and that helps us to live today. So just tuck that in the back of your mind as we dig into some of the things that Jesus is pointing towards. So I suppose we all know the story of Noah pretty well. The ark, the animals, the flood, all of that sort of stuff. But I think the thing that we can sometimes be a little bit inattentive to is what happens in the lead up to the flood. What's the problem that the flood is seeking to address? Well, it's sin. 
as we read through the book of Genesis, we go from the fall of Adam and Eve to Cain's murder of Abel and a steady decline from there until we read this, that the Lord God saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and the thoughts of his heart fashioned nothing but wickedness all day long. The Lord God regretted having made man on the earth and his heart grieved. There's the problem. The human family isn't quite as God had made it to be. Instead of being the family established in love, it's become one of violence and of hatred. Uh, And God goes, well, this isn't how I made it. This is not how I want it. Now, the thing about the flood, though, is that this is God bringing creation back to its original state. You remember at the beginning of the book of Genesis, like the first account of creation, that the world at the beginning of creation is a formless void and there is chaotic waters and the spirit hovers over these waters. God's creation is one that comes forth from these waters, right? He says first, let there be light, uh, and then there's light, and then he says, let there be a vault in the waters to divide the waters in two, and then he says, let the waters be gathered so that dry land would appear. In the flood, then, those days of creation are kind of wound back, and then as the flood waters recede, a new creation comes forth. And this was God's way of dealing with the problem of sinfulness. We'll just start with a new human family. We'll start with Noah's family. We'll turn him into a new Adam. Now, there's a lot to be said about all of that. Um, And certainly the fathers of the church take it up as a major, major theme because, um, you know, they'll look at the waters of the flood and go, oh, look at this, waters of baptism brought into new life, new beginning, new creation. It's all there. But here Jesus seems to point towards the suddenness of the flood. As it was in Noah's days, people were just getting on with things. uh, And then all of a sudden the flood came and destroyed them. Well, destroyed nearly all of them. Noah went into the ark, right? He was the one who was able to order his days in such a way as to be ready for the flood that was coming. While everyone was eating and drinking, marrying wives and husbands... Noah was building an ark. He was living his present day in a way that was ready for the coming future. You see, the flood wasn't just happenstance. God is present and accomplishing something in history in a way which certainly defies our understanding. And in much the same way, the coming of the days of the Son of Man will be much the same. God is accomplishing something in history, something which is extremely unexpected. But despite it being unexpected, we can still be ready for it. You see the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, they weren't ready for it. (laughs) You know, the fire that rained down on Sodom and Gomorrah was similarly to put an end to corruption, violence and sin. And it caught people by surprise except Lot and his family. They were able to order their present days in such a way as to be ready for the events that are coming. Everyone else was too preoccupied with eating and drinking and buying and selling and planting and building. So, says Jesus, it will be the same when the day comes for the Son of Man to be revealed. So, use the past to learn about the coming future And let that shape the way that you live your present.
So what does that mean practically then? Well, Jesus names a bunch of things. He talks about eating, drinking, marrying wives and husbands. He talks about buying and selling, planting and building. All those things that we do in order to establish ourselves here on earth. And as important as they are, Jesus is certainly not saying stop eating and stop drinking. (laughs) That's going to be a bit of a problem. That's certainly going to hasten the coming of the Son of Man, I think. But are these the things that are going to save us when the flood comes? Are these the things that are going to rescue us should fire fall from the sky? You know, it makes me think of a story that's told about um, Robbie George, who's an American um, intellectual, uh, and he was getting ready to give a speech. And before he started, he looked at his watch and he said to the people standing nearby, I love this watch. My father sold it to me on his deathbed. And you kind of pause and do a double take and think, wait, but sold? <laughs> What's the point of selling someone you watch on your deathbed? What are you going to do with the money that you sold it for? Just give it away. Well, I think that's very much what Jesus is getting at today. In the face of death, in the face of the coming flood, in the face of the falling fire of Sodom and Gomorrah, what's the point of everything that we have prioritised? What's the point of the importance of all the buying and the selling and the planting and the building and the eating and the drinking? Where's it come to? And so Jesus gives us this rather paradoxical statement. Anyone who tries to preserve his life will lose it. If your highest goal is to cling to what is present here in this life, it's all going to fall apart. If your highest preoccupation is you're buying, you're selling, you're planting and you're building, what's that all going to mean when the flood comes? Instead, the one who loses his life will keep it safe. The one who is willing to spend his life in favour of the plan which God is seeking to bring about in history, that person will find true life. And there it is, right? On that night, two will be in one bed and one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding corn and one will be taken and the other left. In the midst of the flood, there was a Noah. In the midst of the fire and brimstone, there was a lot. And in the face of whatever is coming in the future, there can be us living in such a way as to be prepared to leave our home and get in the ark. And like Lot, to leave our place in Sodom in order to escape to our new home. And so I suppose the question then falls to us. How much of what we pursue and how much of what we're attached to in this life makes as much sense as Robbie George's dad selling him his watch on his deathbed? What are we hanging on to imagining that it's going to preserve our life, but in fact cause us finally to lose it? It's a sobering thought, I'll give you that. But it's better to be ready than to be sorry. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ.
for the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father. Amen.